Thank you for joining us. This is Dr. Raquel Lea, and I am excited. <laughs> I'm always excited at the beginning of a of a day diary. It's only 15 minutes. It's a snippet. I'm in, I'm out. <laughs> and then I start my day. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. I see that our listener, um, our listener audience is growing just a little bit, which I like. And I'm not really interested until all of the 30-day diaries are complete. I'm sorry, I have to drink some tea, of course. And after they are complete, then I'll kind of get into the uh, steps of beta testing. And I'll listen to what people want to heal from and what their experiences are. Maybe we'll send out some newsletters. Maybe we'll ask people to join in. I know that um, there are some avenues and we do have some CRM generated leads that we can kind of allow people, you know, we can, we have access to a couple of thousands of people. So we have access. That's one of the things that we do have with access to people and clients. And so people and clients will mention some things during our beta testing and, and how things are going to get set up. I think that's a very important approach to this. We were talking about resources and, um, I think last episode we got into Google Scholar just a little bit. Let me, let me just say, um, that there are resources out there that are non-conventional that will help you. One of the unconventional things to do that I really didn't believe in is to visit, and, and we'll get into the physical environment of actually getting in your car and, and going to a place, but right now, I really think our listeners are that are that are struggling with not being the ideal parent. It, it it can be embarrassing, and so let's just say on the internet for a moment. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I I did in the '90s, they had something called chat rooms, and I know <laughs> I can hear people now. Oh. <laughs> Chat rooms were in in the in the 80s and the 90s were a room that you started with a subject. All you could do is see the subject, and then you would say, "I want 15 people to be in that chat room to talk about this particular subject." Now, let's say the subject was school. That when 15 people went into that chat room, it was full, and they stayed in there no matter how long. If one, and you had to watch the chat room. You literally had to watch the screen. There was no ping. There was no invite there was nothing you had to watch it fall from 15 to 14 and then click it (laughs) and if you clicked it fast enough you were in the chat room now do you actually think that you could click it fast enough than someone else or some automated system no if it was closed it was probably going to be closed for the rest of the day so just go away or start your own chat room and I've been in chat rooms where the chat room was pretty much empty and dark and, you know, a hundred people could come in and, and it looks like video stream. I mean, when you comment under the YouTube video stream, it literally was just comments people were making. So back then there were no bots 
<clears throat> it was an actual person. Everyone, actually, it was probably dial-up or something similar to it. And the approach was, you can engage in particular conversation. I have never been in a chat room that had a particular topic that at some point we didn't get into some sexual conversation, which is why I stopped chat rooms. I I don't care what the topic says. It always ends up about sex. You're just kind of like, I waited for this chat room and I really needed this resource and I didn't get it. Now, take the idea of the 1980s chat. And it's the same perspective on forums. There are some really good forums out there. And... I'll tell you why you need to, I have one in particular that I want to resource to you, but, and then we'll get into a little bit about recovery that I wanted to mention. Here's why I think forms are good. Because when you finish, you say, wow, I thought my situation was horrible. (laughs) Wow. And then you get kind of judgy. Because remember previously, we talked about, in, in, in other episodes, we talked about how people can be judgy about how other parents parent or how adults influence children. If you've ever heard an adult male yelling or really getting on his teenage son's butt about something and they're walking out of Winn-Dixie, okay, You see that and you're like, oh, he's really giving it to him. But in your mind, you think about it. You do. And you say, oh, I remember when. Or I don't think he should. Or, oh, wow, maybe I should call. We all do that. You see this fiery, fierce father saying something to his son kind of harsh. This son is between the ages of 12 and 16. And the son's kind of walking almost somewhat behind. And he's got kind of has his head down. And they are having a moment, a parenting moment where this Man, guy, father is saying what he needs to say about. We can all guess about what that subject matter is. Here's what we know. Here's what we know. We know that we are being judgy. (laughs) Yes, and we talked about, and you have to go back and download and re-listen to it. We talked about that judgment that we place on other parenting parents and their skill set and how they choose to parent and how they choose to engage with their children. And so now here we are looking for resources and help because our situation doesn't make sense. This is not the way it was supposed to be. I want it the way it was idealized in my head, the way American society sold the idea of parenting to me When I was a child, that's the part of parenting that I want. All of this other stuff, I don't want it. I don't want to have to share rearing of my child with other people's opinion. And we talked about that also. So go back, reread, re-download and review. So we won't get into it here. We'll keep moving forward. In that perspective, when you Google Scholar and you start to hear what scholarly academia people have to say about parenting and whatever subject matter you put in. 
something regarding recovery or some deluge of something. Here's an example of something you might get. <clears throat> and we'll, we, we'll stay with the word recovery just because, um, I don't know, it, it's, it's just the topic of, of what we're talking about, so, so we'll, we'll kind of go through it. So one of the things some high academia person might say about recovery comes out of the DSM-5 or the SAMHSA. And it, it may say something to the effect of recovery is a process of change through which people improve their health and wellness, live self-directed lives, and strive to reach to fulfill their potential. There are four major dimensions that support recovery. And those dimensions are presented as health, home, purpose, and community. That's something you're going to get from an academic journal. What you're not going to get is um, parentinghelp.com, how to bake cookies in two minutes while your children are having a breakdown, and then how to fix it. The approach to this is, is, is somewhat different, and, and what I'm selling you is that there's a better way and a more realistic way when you get into academia because it takes out all of the uh, environmental cultures of a matter and it leaves you with a belief, a challenge, a condition, <clears throat> a process in which to overcome. It, it leaves you with thorough support about building relationships and social networks. That's what you need. That's what this show is going to be about. It's going to be about... Um, where we get into how families increase their purpose in someone's life to help them deal with stress and guilt and shame, anger, fear, anxiety, loss, grief, isolation. <clears throat> All of those terms that I just mentioned are those triggers and those mind precepts that enter in in no set term of phase. It, they just flood in. And we talked about because those terms of grief, grief, loss, stress, anxiety, fear, and isolation come flooding in, that you may expose yourself to things as an adult that you would not normally expose yourself to, some way to help you deal with it. And what I'm presenting to you today is that that mechanism is not a healthy approach because you have a generational tie to your children slash child. And because there is a condition or an environmental setting that has limited your contact does not mean that you can now just jump into a downward spiral and your behavioral need becomes so overwhelming that you don't get support. So we're going to take a couple of steps back. We're going to, we're going to act in ways that are purposeful and that are intentional. 
And so those ways would say, because I have this environmental space that I need to be in, where I am limited with the contact that I have with my child because of whatever, I'm going to take that time understanding that that is a limit. That is a limit that for that is designed to stop me from being able to, and then you fill in the blank. You are now going to spend your time demonstrating that you have effectual behavior <clears throat> and that's essential to being a part of that child's life <clears throat> when they become 18, 28, 25, 27, 32, 44, whatever. And you are going to put in some prevention mechanisms and some treatment mechanisms that are healthy just for you because you've done the work on Google Scholar and we'll talk about how to do the work maybe when we get into um, the show in 30 minute increments and I'll have some time to kind of walk you through the process of what we're going to do. So this is part of your recovery. That other nugget besides Google Scholar and forums, the forum, Google Scholar is to, is to give you some kind of, some kind of higher perspective of what you're going through and not putting it to you in a medical sense, put describing your situation in a professional sense without the emotion. You need to have a conversation without emotion. You can't go down this emotional tunnel because now you can't put things back in your box. When you take things out of your box, when things come out of your box, when memories come flooding through, it is important that you take the emotional emotional part out of that memory, deal with it on a professional level, and then you now have the power to replace it back into the box as you see fit. And the reason we want <clears throat> to separate emotion from action right now is because one of them is going to control you. (laughs) We don't want to be controlled by emotions. I don't have to have that conversation with you as an adult. And so we become a little bit stoic and emotionless. We bring it down a notch or two and we be a, when we're, and, and then we implement tools to be able to describe what we're going through. And we use professional academic terms in which to do that. And then we go on to forums. We listen to what other people have gone through. We see that our situation is not alone. And you do know that you need to understand that you are not alone.